Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Rusty Quill presents.
Agent Stroud. Assistant Mysterian Gand wants you to report to the homeless shelter on Springtime Street, ASAP. Just me, or...? Just you. I think that was the first time I'd gotten to use the intraphone. And the first time since I'd been called to speak with a higher-up by myself since reuniting with Isaiah. It was a lot less dramatic than when my old handler had given me marching orders back in New Vic, which fed my already overdeveloped sense of unreality, which was feeling particularly overdeveloped at the moment, having just confronted another living nightmare. It was like all the dark dreams had followed me out of sleep, my new work a step closer to the horrors I could always wake up from. That wasn't to say that my stint in New Vic was a cakewalk, anything but. Still, it was nice to have boundaries, the monsters on one side of sleep and me on the other. That line was gone now, forever more than likely, and my delusions had been on steroids ever since. The belief that everything was unreal, all except the notion that I was Charlotte. That was solidifying. I was self-medicating now, doubling my normal dosage. The dam was holding, but just barely. And when I wasn't thinking I was Charlotte, dying as she gave birth to twins, I... I felt her eyes on me, accusing me of killing her. She never wanted us. We were just monsters smuggled inside her during a nightmare. A nightmare helmed by a monster beyond reckoning. I'd started seeing them both, on the periphery of my vision, just standing there. Hallucinations generally meant a long backslide for me, when the meds weren't enough. Generally, whenever this happened, I'd cash in some personal time, drive down to Green Hut and stay with Agnes. Her little heckin' recovery center always brought me down from the ledge, straightened out my head. It was more a place for Heckins to go, to recharge their spiritual batteries, get back in touch with nature. But Agnes always found a place for me, gave me preferential treatment. I think she knew all along what I was. <laughs> Incompletely human. All the additional stress since I left the lab, wrestling brand new demons alongside my equally incomplete brother, should have brought me to the brink and then some. But something about my brother, or his ability, steadied me. Yet even that bulwark was showing cracks. It was all the killing. Beyond the horrors of being responsible for taking lives, no matter how justified the act, there was my reaction, my retreat into my head, where the other demons lived. Isaiah had apparently given up on his vigil, as the living room was empty, but he'd made sure I was covered. He had a couple of guards posted outside the Mercury Room. If he asks, tell Agent Stroud I got called in by the brass, and I'll be back later. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good old overprotective Isaiah. <laughs> Thank you.
The ether around the homeless shelter was filled with horror. Old nightmares tolling like hell's bells. But that wasn't what truly disgusted me. That honor belonged to something else. The broken echoes of hope. People had come here seeking help, thinking they'd found it, only to be tortured and killed and consumed. I didn't know what Isaiah and I were going to do to these god-awful things, but I wanted it to hurt. I wanted them to feel every fucking inch the pain they'd inflicted upon others, and I wanted to hear them scream. But as I was standing there, a massive poisonous city looking down at me, I could feel the weight of Isaiah's argument. How futile it would be to cross swords with the whole fucking city, with the whole world. How futile it all was. Sir, Agent Stroud to see you. Thank you, Sergeant. That will be all. Hello again, Agent Stroud. And may I commend you on your fine work back at the hospital? I couldn't help but notice precisely how the mutated soldier had been dispatched. The head severed so cleanly as to seem surgical. Perhaps, perhaps, I was wrong about you. But that is neither here nor there. You see, my higher-ups believe we've severely underestimated the strength of the Scream Eaters. And now, since we're already here, we should take certain steps to ascertain more about the creatures. Naturally, I thought of you and your highly singular gifts. Thank you, sir. How may I help? Hmm. I rather thought you might take issue with my compliment. It does please me to see that you've taken it in the spirit it was given. But enough of that. I need you to perform a sleep read. I suspect you can ferret out the most appropriate bedding to use. And my apologies in advance. Indigence and stench tend to go hand in hand. Quite all right, sir. I'm from New Vic. <laughs> right you are, Agent. And how unfortunate for you. I expect you'll require some privacy for this, so I'll leave you to your work. But I'll post a sizable guard around the building to ensure your safety. Report your findings directly to me afterward, Agent Stroud. Ta? Yes, sir. I was beginning to see the utility in going with the flow. It minimized the amount of time spent dealing with my overlord's bullshit. 
Plus, it felt good not to give that asshole my goat. But he was right about one thing. It stunk to high heaven in there. The shelter was far larger than a place like Blackledge had need for, a city designed by and for the morbidly rich, which made the oversized offering of altruism instantly suspicious. Apart from its sheer size, the facility was solemn and drab, a place made for fostering rather than softening sadness. Just perfect lines of clean cots draped in bleach-white linens, a sterile place to suffer. Now that I was in the building, closer to the cots, I could better tune my senses to the dead dreams. To my surprise, the hope I detected earlier was everywhere. In fact, to call it hope at all was an understatement. It was more like elation. It wafted from the cots, along with no small amount of reek. The nightmares I detected around the shelter seemed to have occurred before the onset of whatever was causing the good dreams. No amount of relief at finding refuge should cause that kind of happy. Though I had run into quite a bit in New Vic, when the wakeless would beguile their victims in dreams. This seemed a lot like that. Nearly identical, in fact, but not quite. Before choosing where to lie down, I burned my gaze across the rows of beds, summoning up the most conspicuous image from each. The visions that drifted up from the sweat-stained mattresses were the same. A beautiful woman dressed in a billowing gown of white feathers, the cleanest silver halo turning over her head of flowing golden locks. Her eyes were endless and sorrowful, a million promises of respite and sympathy. I couldn't begin to fathom what the hell I was looking at. How did this angel add up to Scream Eaters? I didn't know how, but I could sense that the Scream Eaters were even more repugnant than I'd already assumed. None of the beds really stood out, all of them more or less equal in the shares of dreams they'd absorbed. Picking the closest, I quickly laid down, keen to discover what horribly shitty things these monsters were up to. Above all, I had to stay true to my conviction, to destroy these things and I had a solid hunch that my sleep read would steal my resolve even further. The dream was almost perfectly formed, not at all like typical dreams, which tended to be quite a bit fuzzier around the edges. Ragged for all the crisscrossing, mismatched thoughts and feelings that unfurl during sleep. This was the telltale sign of non-human intrusion. Though the craftsmanship wasn't quite expert, and the size of the dream was on the small side, it wasn't half bad, but it clearly wasn't wakeless nightcraft. Only a wakeless, or a half-wakeless as the case was, could tell them apart, and that distinction could make all the difference. Dreams are made from the mind, and if something from the outside comes in, its mind is joined with the first, and as such leaves a bit of itself behind after contact is relinquished. 
Only a wakeless can exit another person's dream without leaving anything behind but a finely crafted nightmare. Whatever created this dream, the angel, perhaps, should have left some clues behind, and I was hell-bent on finding them. The dream was as saccharine and sappy as one of Sugar's roadside candy stores. It looked like a scene right out of a children's Bible story. The sky opens all bright and golden, little droplets of light raining down, the wind scented with flowers. <laughs> There's a little thing called trying too hard, and this was it. A figure lying upon a big fluffy bed came into view. Due to the dream having been inflicted upon multiple homeless persons, the figure represented a hazy composite of all of them, a mixture of men, women, and children. The composite dreamer was always elated at the sight of something beautiful, their arms outstretched, imploring. That's when I noticed the feathery angel from before dropping into the dream alongside me. Looking down at the figure on the bed, she whispered, Oh, you've lived such a good life, my child, and it's been determined that you should come away with me to a place where all your pain will disappear, and you will know only the limits of the pleasures you've earned through a lifetime of hardship and pain. A few seconds into her monologue and I was ready to retch. It was time to see what this bitch really was. Her appearance was crisp and flawless, indicating that she'd been here before, doing the same thing and saying the same shit. Chances were, her thoughts about whatever she was doing were pretty uniform, too. I reached my hand into the pretty dream's head and changed perspectives. Sure enough, once I'd reversed the dream, looking at things from the inside of the angel's head, the sickening truth was laid bare to the splintered bone. She, it, was a fucking monster. A thing made from twisting, thorny knots of nervous tissue, coiling tentacles, chitinous hooks, and sweating barbs. Its once feathery white gown transformed into a hissing, jangling drapery of red-hot chains weeping molten metal. Her halo was a long tongue curved into a circle that floated above her head. It was stretched thin and taut, stuck through with scorching nails and needles. Worst of all was the thing's face. Just scores of circular maws, each one rung with ivory barbs, and from without each eyeless, gaping mouth, splashed lashing tongues comprised of raw, red, glistening nerves. Even though I knew it was only a residual image, something the creature had carelessly left in its wake, I withdrew. I could too easily imagine the pain wafting off the thing, its shrieking voice the regurgitated sounds of its digested victims. I flipped through the psychic impressions of the creature, looking for its endgame, what it was doing to these people. A lot of the visuals were beyond horrible, so I moved past them, 
until I saw something that didn't belong. Images of people the monster had likely appeared before. All of them boarding a beautiful galleon with fluttering white sails filled with sea breeze. The ships crossed a nameless sea, vanishing into the roiling amber of a sinking alien sun. Advancing the images again, I learned the ships had landed upon the shores of a large tropical island. The creature's memories showed joyful scenes of the place, from the victims it had stolen from the outreach center, no doubt. They were sipping from goblets, bathing happily under the sun and moon, dancing to strange music, attending festivals and feasts. Then I read the name of the island from the memories of the poser angel. The Isle of Fatted Calves. The scenes that followed showed an insanity of pain and torture that begged the question of existence. At night, the victims were brought off the island by the whispers and wings of the angel. Up beyond the sky, into some kind of heaven, presumably. But that wasn't where they ended up. It was exactly the opposite. They were taken to a world, dimension, a bolgia, where endless lines of monstrous tortuaries distilled pain from countless people in countless ways, all of them fattened from their stay on the isle. I wrenched myself from sleep. I needed to get away from all the screaming, the endless wails and cries, and the satisfied moaning of gruesome things, gorged fat and happy upon a diet of unrelenting pain. While Blackledge came alive at night, it was far from the celebration of darkness I'd seen in other Noctropoli, as they're coming to be called, places like Nighthead and Templeton. I suppose it could have been the uh, somewhat insincere grasp of the whole living by night thing, but I chalked it up to the drab nightlife of the rich and soulless. There was some attempt at a kind of flourish, People wearing masks, dressing in outdated styles, that sort of thing. But there was a sad desperation to it all, like old people trying to stay cool by adopting modern trends. In short, <laughs> they looked ridiculous, if not a tad pathetic. Wealth always seemed to sap the vitality of life, such as it was. The plunging colors of dying or even the monochrome of death hiding just below the surface of an expensive suit, the nip and tuck of plastic surgery, the apparent merriment of an over-the-top private shindig. From what I could tell, life wasn't supposed to be easy. Its challenges paved over with gold. Buying yourself out of the adversities of life? Well, that was just another way of dying. That's why I blew my money every chance I got. I didn't need to be any more lifeless than I already was. 
Abandoned buildings and sleazy alleyways proved pretty hard to come by in Blackledge. Most of the place was brand spanking new. But, with some extra effort and a good deal of shoe leather, I finally reached the end of all that spit and polish, where the renewal teams had left off. Old houses of the original city piled up along the sides of the road like bodies, alleyways and gutters opening up like festering wounds. That's where I wanted to be. I didn't want Romy to catch me off guard, see that I was scheming a way to have it all, get out of this place in one piece, save our skins from insubordination, stay within some kind of stable structure. This was the only way as far as I could tell. Another dark house, another monster. All right, what do you have for me, sugar? have the goods on the scream eaters, I do. <laughs> or the sweets, if you will. <laughs> I suppose it'd be a waste of breath to ask how you come and go the way you do. Candy stores in the middle of nowhere, doors that weren't there five seconds ago. Not to mention all the breadcrumbs you've been dropping about the mithra and whatnot. You're the last person I'd expect to try and murder the mystery of things, dear brother. Answers just shrink the world, don't they? (laughs) And you wouldn't want that, would you? Cribbing lines from Donovan Manzan? Didn't take you for an atheist, sugar. Oh, no, no. I'm just fond of empty calories, and atheism sure has a lot of that. (laughs) Says you. I would have thought you'd prefer a prettier set of beliefs. Something more... fulfilling? What can I say? I like to keep my feet on the ground and my head in the clouds. Now... What do you got for me? Oodles and oodles. (laughs) Okay, spill. Well, you'll be happy to know there's only one true scream eater here. And perhaps some kind of servitor. The others are just wannabes. Still sipping pain from a crazy straw. (laughs) The head honcho lives at the top of the Lexington Enterprises Tower, right in the middle of the city. She's got a title, too. A nickname. The Crematorian. (laughs) Ooh. Nice moniker, as far as that goes. Well, not as catchy as the insomniac, though. (laughs) Now that's a dandy. I always liked it. Anyway, you know anything else about her, other than her nickname? I know she's old, and powerful, and resides beyond the Wailing Gates, the pathway between the Scream Eater's reality of salted wounds and this one. 
gates which have to be opened to get to her. But I'm sure I'll manage. No, I, uh, I want you covering Romy down by the oven. Not sure I trust you enough with something like this. Who knows, maybe the two of you find out you watch the same shows, decide to buddy up. No, I'll, uh, I'll take care of the Scream Eater myself. I wonder, though, <laughs> why not bring our sister in on it? Couldn't hurt to have help, could it? Or are you worried she might come to like all this killing? <laughs> Show you up. I get that saying fucked up shit is your thing, sugar. But you can spare me the mind games. I ain't biting. Of course you aren't. Of course you aren't. Because that's not really the reason, is it? <laughs> no. Romy's packing too much passion on this one. Best I work alone. And besides, one-on-one -on -one stuff is my specialty. Nixing this one eater lets me effectively put them all out of commission. Two birds with one stone. Really? <laughs> Seems to me you just like killing birds. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Old habits die hard, don't they, dear brother? You miss the hunt. The kill. I eliminated the Night Christ for you. You know I'd be overjoyed to cream the crematorium. You just want the Scream Eater all to yourself, don't you? <laughs> I know you think of your hunting, your killing ritual, as a dream, your escape from reality. But that's not what it is at all, is it? It's your true self, your shadow, feeding. <laughs> Brother or not, I'm really starting not to like you, sugar. Not one goddamn bit. I have no idea why. <laughs> After all, we have so much in common. <laughs> The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. -E and if you'd like to know more about the world of the Sleep-Wake Cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion... Visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 